good morning. Uh, I'm Andre Warren, aka the Soulful Chef, owner, operator, chef, manager, all of that for Soulful Flavors Crave in Tampa, Florida. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, if you have an appetite, man, if you're not in Florida, you're going to get your ticket sometime because, you know, this is the place to be with the weather. As you see, my today's guest is a former Navy man. He's a Omega Phi side man. So I know the bros go support his restaurant. When you go to his Instagram and when you see him flying all around the world, especially one thing I also appreciate it, they were really going somewhere in the private plane. It's going to make a lot of young chefs out there get inspired to pick up, get their brain intact and get their business right because he's making it look good. But he has a real restaurant in Tampa that lobster and waffles. Y'all know chicken and waffles. He remixed it to waffle and lobster. So, you know, he's just one step away from the travel channel and, you know, maybe possibly his own show. Andre, Soulful Chef, welcome to the show, my bro. How you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate thank, it. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. And for all those people that might be listening who are either going in the Navy or about to come out the Navy, can you give them, you know, a little bit of how you went from the Navy to a restaurant? Because a lot of people... They don't know what they're going to do next. And then they see you and you have a restaurant and you do music and entertainment, you know, hike, you know, hike it up. So <laughs> give us the story, please. Yeah, I see you did a, a little research. I see. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, so, yeah, it was it actually was not a part of my plan. And, you know, you know, first and foremost, give uh, the honor to God. You know, he put it, you know, it's his plan, not my plan uh, to be a chef uh, when i was in the navy um i was uh, i became a, a e5 a pay off the second class in two years and four months and uh i got all these you know, recommendations to be an officer but i just wasn't comfortable being in the navy um I, I wasn't comfortable being told what to do what to wear when to wear what time to be there you know um you know shout out to my military folks but you know at the same time still an institution uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of people get comfortable, they get complacent. That's one thing I can never be. Uh, so I decided to, when, when my four years came up, I decided I should go ahead and not re-enlist. What motivated me to, to get out was not owning a restaurant. It was actually becoming the bros, uh, member of Omega South Guy. When I was told the chapter was coming back at my school at the University of South Florida, Upside Delta chapter. So that plus the fact that I knew that my my um my what's it called my salary had a cap at E five I couldn't go no higher so I was like I would like to make more money some I would like to do something that's uncapped and I was thinking entertainment since I DJ I was like okay maybe I'll just throw a lot of parties and you know and DJ and make my own money which I did in college and a little bit after I just I only became a chef. Because uh, being a bros, you know, on campus, we're known for cooking chicken, grilling chicken. You know, I just remix it, add the sides to it. And then people liked it, so I started selling it. And voila, restaurant. <laughs> just like that. But, you know, coming from the Navy, 
where, you know, it, you said it's a cap. It's not like we're paying the military people like we, you know, pay, you know, they don't get it. Uh, they can't do so much overtime like a police officer, right? Like a maybe a firefighter. Mm -hmm. um, how did you, you know, save? Because a lot of people, they, they have a hard time. Were there any loans or grant programs out there locally there in Tampa or here in Florida that, you know, you were able to take advantage of? So I actually, um, and, uh, you know, back to the story of me becoming um, a restaurateur, entrepreneur. Uh, after college, um, I, you know, I, I got married, had, a, had my first child, my, my daughter, who will be four next month. Uh, I began uh, working at school, being a school teacher. And then uh, kids were bad, so I didn't do that long. But while I was a school teacher, I was going to this food truck this barbecue food truck and uh you know and i started talking to the guy he was basically feeding me the game he's like oh you know i make like fifteen thousand a weekend you know i'm looking at my fourteen hundred dollar teacher paycheck every two weeks and i'm tasting his food like my food's better than this uh he was like you know i just started on the corner with a grill so that just sparked something in me uh to go and get a grill so i went to the pawn shop a grill on the trailer that's when I started setting plates out my one bedroom apartment. Uh, I changed my photography. I was doing photography as well. I was just doing everything, trying to make some money. I changed, I stopped doing photography, changed my photography uh, Instagram page to Dre Dub's Kitchen. And that's how I started. Uh, but I did take a loan after Dre Dub's Kitchen went for a couple months, then the pandemic hit. I was also in, in grad school getting my master's in criminal justice uh because they pay us to go to school i was just trying to make some money that's all just trying to uh, make a living uh so i took a loan uh for my student loans i didn't i didn't have to take student loans because military gi bill but i took a loan grad program gives you five thousand dollars each loan i took a loan five thousand put fifteen hundred with it bought my first small food truck for sixty five hundred and when I opened, I sold out in like three hours because of the support of the bros and then my popularity on campus as a DJ. So they came out and and, and they supported big time. Wow, wow. And and for anybody who, you know, majority of my audience are listeners, um, somewhere when you were talking, the um you went, you went, uh, it went dark, just, you know, in the shadow, that Florida light, sometimes it, you know, God gives it and takes it away. I just wanted to let you know that in case you wanted to adjust any type of way, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm good here. Yeah. Well, I'm Cause actually not in Florida right now. I'm in Atlanta. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. That, you know, that this, this sun in the South is, is, is something else, but you're good. You're good right there. And you were good there. I just wanted to let you know, just so I wouldn't have you um, in the dark. I kind of like the shadow. think if we could all tell our story in a shadow, we, you know, invisible man, we would, we would say a lot. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, now when you started making money and this is really for that 14 year old or maybe even that 44 year old who just got his prostate exam i gotta keep pushing y'all black men to get that man they take it it's taking too many of us out um when you started making that money and you're selling out did you go already have a cpa or did you get a cpa a bookkeeper how did you keep track of all that money so you could increase to then go to the restaurant so you know i started out like we do as of people off the books 
I bought a food truck. Now it was on, so I registered it with the state, but the money, you know, I started a business. I started a business account, uh, but most of that money, I was getting paid cash at a food truck. So I didn't, I didn't really put it in the bank account at first. It was off the books. Uh, not until I opened my restaurant and more, and there was, uh, because the food truck was only on the weekends because I still had a job. By that time I stopped being a school teacher and I was working at the University of South Florida as a uh, sponsored uh, research uh, administrator, you know, helping with the school get grants uh, for the, all their, you know, research funding. So I was only doing it, um, it, was, it was only a side job, uh, you know, uh, part, you know, side hustle, I guess. So that money, side hustle money go in your pocket. It doesn't go in your bank account that you file taxes on because yeah. it's just extra. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so not it wasn't until I got the restaurant. Um, and um, you know, the restaurant. So that that weekend wasn't enough to fund the restaurant, but I have a friend, um, Janoris Jenkins, he believed in me, uh NFL player, like my brother. So uh, that's when he made a generous uh investment into my first restaurant. And also the second, he just keeps making investments uh, because he believes in me. Uh, that's let's, let's, let's brag on him real quick because a lot of people have ideas and, and just so you know about me I'm a, a consultant and you know whatever title they want to give me but every day somebody's saying hey you have money and I'm part of a venture fund here in Florida right I'm a, a small member so right. n- nothing you know I tell any nothing special but people are always asking for money but you had a friend a lot of times people say oh my friends and family they don't believe in me and I say did you even ask why are you asking me before you ask somebody who's known you your whole life did your friend come to you or did you have to go to them? Just tell that, talk about that story a little bit. So what it was, um, you know, like we were friends, uh, not where we still are. As a matter of fact, I'm in his house right now. You can see this okay. huge mansion on me. <laughs> uh, so um, so we're, we're great friends. And, you know, I was telling him about, we talked about everything. So I'm telling him about my food truck because uh, he cooks as well and he thinks he can cook better than me. Uh, <laughs> so, uh and I was just like, oh, you know, it's going so well. I was like, you know, I want to start a restaurant. Uh, and, you know, I told him like, I need funding. And I asked him, what do you think about that? He was like, you know, I, I see you doing good. You're doing numbers because you're telling me every weekend that I'm selling out so fast. He's like, he like, I wouldn't mind helping you. Just send me a business plan. Send a proposal. You know, because, you know, when you're, you have money and you have a lot of friends back home coming from the small town we're from, everybody has a handout asking and yeah. saying, oh, I got this business idea, but nobody has a proper plan. So when I sent him, I, I think I was the first person to ever send him a proper business plan and a proposal. And, you know, he, he read it over with his people. And because uh, when you uh, kind of, he's a, I, um, what's it called? A, what's the um, the all-star game for the NFL? The Pro Bowl. When you're a Pro Bowl player, you make a lot of money. You got a lot of financial people. You can't just send money out your account. So they were just making sure he's making the right decision. And he told him, hey, this my brother. I got him. And, I, and he's good. So after I sent him that proper business plan, uh, and I, I, I mapped it out, you know, mapped out what I could make in the next six months, the next year. I mapped out all the expenses, how much the furniture will cost, how much the raw materials cost, you know, the the, the lease, everything. So I gave it to him detailed, and he's they approved it. He approved it, and he gave it to me with no problem. 
you said so many jewels in that. The fact that I have a friend, but I still had to give him a business plan. I, um, I, you know, he, he, uh, he's my like a brother to me, but he too has his people. And you guys, that's how you have your checks and balances, so you don't go broke. Because once you do have the money to help somebody else out, again, everybody's coming to you. You know, everybody's a cousin, a distant cousin or a close cousin, but we don't always have, you know, we have, you know, foggy glasses when my auntie or somebody is saying they want to do their dream. So this is, I mean, so many jewels in that. I hope you guys listen and heard that because you can't just give money out. You'll go broke. I don't care how much money you think you have right now. Can you talk about probably the hardest part of owning a restaurant and having consistent team members that show up, <laughs> help you not just open up, but close and everything in between. Talk about how you put that team together. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that's the hardest part. And that's, that will forever uh, be a struggle until I, cause right now I'm the chef until I hire someone else to be a chef that can be there. Uh, like me, like I'm in Atlanta right now. My restaurant opens tomorrow. Um, my cousin had zero cooking experience. All he did was pork and beans and hot dogs. I trained him for a year to cook what I cook, cook oxtails, candy yams, smothered turkey wings, you know, baked mac and cheese. I, it took a year to train him so he can do it now. You know, sometimes he has his hiccups. Uh, so that's the hardest part that it's not always consistent. And my customers, they know, they're like, yeah, it was good, but I know you didn't cook today. So that's the hardest part is keeping it consistent. Uh, aside from you know that you know it's a restaurant business. It's it's like a barn door. You know, it keeps it's 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 always open, open and closing. Uh, employees they we have them one day, one week, or one month, then they're gone. Uh, luckily, I got one person that stuck with me for two years. Uh, uh, she's uh she's she's one of my best employees. You know, she's gotten like four jobs while she's been with me uh because they pay more and she understand that i'm a small business i can't pay you 18 an hour so she go to those jobs but they're not as lenient as me so she always comes back so uh she never quits she just said hey, i'm gonna go try this job and i'll be here if you need me uh so but that's the thing all these employees i, I keep cycling through employees uh when i opened my second location uh i started off with like 12 servers uh Everybody claimed to have experience, but they were horrible. I was losing business because of the servers. I started with 12 servers. Now I have three that's doing the job of those 12, and they're, they're, doing, it, they're doing it right. So it, it's not about you know, having the numbers. It's about having the right people. Uh, so that was hard. Another hard thing is customers. My customer base is probably 90% African-American, and we are our toughest critics. <laughs> like you laugh because you I'm pretty sure you know that yeah uh, we and I, I and I, I share with customers a story I said I went to Burger King one day and I, I received horrible customer service food came out cold everything the lady had an attitude I was like you know what just give my money back take your food back and I'm never coming back before I left the drive I said who am I kidding I'm going to Burger King sooner or later. It's gonna go. The money goes to the same guy that's sitting at, at the head, whether I go to this Burger King or not. And with us, when we get mad at a small business owner and we say we're never going back, like that actually hurts us because we don't have a second location. 
uh, and again, even not no offense to any uh, Asian people, but we go to the Chinese restaurant. They're not all, they don't always have the best customer service. You know, sometimes they act like we're supposed to eat there, you know, but we still go back. We don't say, oh, they Chinese people got bad customer service. We don't say that. Like I said, again, you know, I'm not uh, putting down the Chinese community. Uh, now you're speaking, you're speaking facts because we go from their restaurant to their massage shop. And yeah. either way, if you, however you get the service, you keep going back. And, and we need to, you know, focus on going black um, and, and also letting people know, hey, this is my experience. To the owner, can you talk about, though, you know, your cousin who you were teaching for a year what was that? And this is like a real personal question because in my house, I'm a four-star Michelin chef. You know, ask my kids. I'm here. You know, I got the Traeger over here, a, a, a smoker, maybe around the corner. I'm, you know, but what could they not, what could you not teach? You know, the consistency of cooking. A lot of people, men and women, need to hear this because, um, you know, that's, that's, that's an art. It's a real gift. It's, I, I think what I couldn't teach was ownership. That's what I teach uh, because uh, like I feel like he didn't take ownership because when you take ownership into the restaurant, you're making sure everything that goes out is perfect. And that's what I tell him. My, I tell my cousin, I tell my customers, I want you to look at that plate before you send it out. Tell me, would you be mad if you got that plate? If you paid $30 for this plate? So I'm just trying to teach everyone ownership. My cousin, the girl that worked for me for two years, any other employees. Just take pride, take because uh, I, I don't treat my employees like employees. I treat them like family. Like mm -hmm. we hang out, take them to the club. Like you can't go work at uh, Chick Fil A and and they gonna they gonna take you out to the club and buy you a bottle for your birthday. So you know that's just uh, you know I try to instill like a sense of ownership in them. Hey, this is ours. You know the better the food go out, uh, the more the service will get and tips, and then the service will tip the kitchen out because the kitchen hey. They, I have one server, he goes back there to the kitchen, hey, you guys are rocking, you're doing a good job. You know, you know, and he, he tried to motivate them and, and he motivates me and tells me, hey, I thank you for giving me the opportunity, man, you changed my life. So that's, you can teach someone how to cook, you can teach them whatever, but if they don't have that sense of ownership, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be made with love, it's not gonna be made with soul, you know, I'm called soulful flavors. Like if you don't have that, that sense of ownership and, and passion in you, it doesn't matter. You're putting some ingredients together. And that's the part right there. That, that, that key word, man. Go love everything in love. There's certain music I won't even listen to when I'm cooking because I got to put the love into it. I mean, it's, it's a real session, right? Yeah. It's, and, and it's often. I'm, you know, somebody ask about me. <laughs> you, you, it's going to be, yeah, it's that. It's a love-making session with the food. Um, just to get everybody, you know, in the mood. I got responsibilities at night. Keep it tight. But um, can you can you tell people, you know, you got the restaurant. Um, I know you do music too. That that song that I heard, I said, man, if it's not the NFL, the XFL, Pop Warner, somebody take that. The only thing I say, I didn't hear the maybe kid friendly version for Pop Warner, right? but you might have that in the vault. But that song, like you were a DJ, are you still doing music? Um, you, Cause music is probably like food, it's in you. Talk about your music. Yeah, so I, that song you heard was actually like the last song I did. And um, 
I think I, I did that what around 2018, and um, I don't know. I just felt like I was getting older. I, I'm 34 in 2018. I don't know how old I was. I had to do the math. I was probably like 30 uh, <laughs> at the time. So I was like, I'm getting too. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to chase a music dream. Like, I'm not. I don't want to be that old rapper. You know, going to every club. Hey, can you play my CD? <laughs> Even though I'm, I'm a DJ and I play my own music because I threw parties. And I still, I still throw parties for USF. I do all the parties, homecoming, back to school, anything that's big, even in the administration, they'll hit me up and say, hey, can you, can you help us put this together? Because I started a dance team and a step team at, at USF. So they, they really count on us for a lot. But um, I didn't want to be that, that old rapper trying to make it. Uh, so that, I, I said, that's going to be my last song. I'm not going to push it. I'm just going to put it out there. If it does something, it does something. Uh, but right now, when it comes to music, uh, so I had a shirt that says Blitz House right now. Uh, again, my friend Janoris, he's, uh, he's like at the end of his career with uh, football. He's still trying to decide if he want to go back because they still call him. He did 12 seasons. Uh, but he started rapping and uh, he, he's doing it for fun. Like we're the same age. She's not making out a career because he has more money than the rappers. Yeah. Uh, so and he told me, hey, I want you to be my DJ. Uh, you my boy, let's start a label, you know, and you, you're the DJ on the label. So that's what I'm doing when it comes to music is I'm Janoris Jenkins' DJ. Uh, we call himself Rabbit, Rabbit Mr. Do It. That's his, his rap name. Uh, if you looked at my page, I don't know, I delete a lot of stuff. After, after we do a show and put a flyer, I delete it because I want, I want my pictures on there. Uh, but you can uh, check some of that out. He has, he has some pretty good songs. Uh, you know, all the NFL players uh, rapping these days, you know, A.B. rapping, uh, Major Nine. I don't know if you heard of him, but he, he was. Y'all don't stop with I'm too old at 34, man. I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I had my first colonoscopy and I made it look good and cut my locks, you know, just just last week. But um, old in the black community, I mean, we black don't crack if you don't smoke it. And the older you get, the more you acquire, the more homes, the more property. Come see me in Africa and to put this, you know, acreage to shame. So, yeah. you know, don't 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 look at it like that but you do music because you love art like you do cook you're never too old to cook you know and be and chef it up but like that mentality is only something in our community because the rolling stones the beatles all them you know that ones that are alive will still keep pushing carlos santana and i know they've made it to a level where they're legendary but so are we in our own time it's god's timing so yeah don't don't look at it like that because that stops a lot of people's, I think, progress. Like it might be 40 when you hit, but ask Rick Ross, is he tripping? You know, uh, and ain't nobody tripping off that, but us, it's, it's an internal thing. And right. um, sometimes you can't get it when you're young because there's some things that I have now, if I would've had it at 21, when I thought I wanted it, I might not be here. You know, we. We would have had all type of fiesta, fiestas going on. Um, and y'all know what I'm saying. If you know, and if you travel, you know what I'm talking about. But I try to keep it kid friendly. So uh, I'm not going to go into detail. Ask Chat GDP. Can you tell people, um, you know, the hardest part of you succumbing from, you know, a smaller area 
you know, you went to the Navy, nobody's sweating you for funding when you're in the Navy. You start doing music, they might see you do some fly things. Like I say, you go in the plane, but you also have gone to other countries and you've explored. What's the hardest part of progression and then trying to deal with the people you came up with? Because they say little things like, it must be nice. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, that's like, oh, I got to watch you because you hate, you know, talk about that part. You know, some some uh, some of my homeboys that I, you know, came up with, I struggled with, you know, once I started, you know, once I went to the Navy, once I changed my life, you know, and went to the Navy, started making a little bit of money. I went to the Navy with no car, no no money in the bank account or nothing. When I came out of the Navy, I had a brand new, it was 2017, I had a brand new 20, 2017 Challenger, black, black on black. So... You know that that's when all the it must be nice came in. Then the restaurant. Oh, you doing it? It's like, no, you was there with me when we was at the club at nine p.m. trying to wait in line to get in for free. Like the, the same steps I took, you could take it. Like so, no, it's not. It must be nice. It's not like I came from money. We struggled together. So I was riding in your car when I didn't have a car. So, but it, it, it'll come. You know that all that stuff comes people forget they because they're not doing what you're doing so they start to hate a little bit you know and they start to have a little animosity but you know that's just i guess that's human nature like the ones that we're the closest with don't want to see us do good it's, it's strangers it's, it's, it's you and i we're strangers we want to see each other do well but the person next to me i gotta watch which is i don't get that that's crazy i want everyone to do well and that's why you keep your passport active so you can, you know, move and groove and see other places and other things. I mean, between your Navy and your personal travels, how many countries have you been to? Been to the Philippines, Japan. I only went to two countries in the Navy because uh, I only did four years and I, I wasn't on the boat. Uh, I, was, uh, I was aviation. So we flew uh, to where we needed to go. So I went to Japan and the Philippines and the Navy. Outside of the Navy, I've been to Bahamas, uh, Jamaica, Turks and Caicos twice, Dominican Republic, uh, Aruba, Panama, Mexico, Colombia twice. I'll be going to Colombia again next next week. Is it next week? Yeah, for the third time. Uh, so Jamaica, Jamaica twice. Where else have I been? I feel like I'm missing something. Um, I got to think. I have to look at my passport. I've been to Alaska twice. Not Alaska. I've been to Alaska once. I've been to Hawaii twice. Uh, nice, nice. So you over, you overdue now because uh, you overdue now to come check out, you know, Africa where it all began. Yeah, I've been trying to plan that trip for the longest. The the heart, like I said, the hardest part is I have this restaurant that mm. I when I go to Africa. I have to be gone for like two weeks. And at I, least. I at least my restaurant at this moment for two weeks. Uh, so I gotta, I gotta figure it out. If I, if I go to Africa, I'm about to close down for a week or so. But I don't want to do that. Then I'm losing money. Yeah. So. Are those, you know, maybe your cousin has perfected three dishes, and we only serving these three dishes for the next, you know. Hey, <laughs> that's, that's it. Listen, that's I can, we we can our chicken wings. Uh, oh, goodness. The Hennessy wings, I believe, best of the nation. So we can sell that alone. But 
my oxtails customers love those oxtails. They love those the the turkey wings. Like I so they'll be mad. Like if the customer come in and we and we're out of mac and cheese, they want to cancel the whole order. Because oh, you wow. don't have the mac and cheese, you don't have the collard greens, cancel the whole oh $150 order just because we don't have the collard greens. So yeah, I, I'll be I'll make a little bit of money uh if I just sell these three dishes, but yeah, they'll be mad. They, they're not coming. Here's a crazy idea because I have clients and we take people on trips and we brought like groups of 30 to Africa a few times. We're doing one in October in Ghana, right? But right. if the audience will be mad, maybe you need to take them with you and they need to sign up on a culinary tour because when you go explore other things, you get new ideas and you say, oh, wow, I could do this. You know, when you go to Cartagena and you go to, what is it, Dos Soros, I think it was, and they bring that big fat lobster out for you and that big fish and you say, man, why our fish look so small back home, right? But it's the same thing for Africa where it all began, but you got something um, there. And, and, And I just think that for a chef, you know, it's, I can see it. I can see you seeing what others see and say, okay, I'm gonna bring this back and I'm gonna put my own little remix on it. And it's gonna be like, okay, you're the only one doing it in your area, maybe in the whole state, because I eat up all the, next time I'm cut at Tampa, I'm coming to the restaurant for sure, because I'm a foodie, I'm 200 pounds for a reason. I I know y'all look solid, but that's the Peloton. That's the Peloton and prayer. Can you talk about with the restaurant business, how interested you are in AI um, and even like, you know, with the robot serving people? I haven't been to a restaurant yet that's done it, but I have seen it. Um, is that something that you even want to replace people with robots in the future? Maybe even yourself. Well, you know, for the simple fact that um, but before I get to that, uh, let me just go back a little bit. Uh, you say, you know, traveling and, and you know, learning you know, taking something back with you, put my own spin on it. For for, for business tax purposes, all my trips are to, to learn something new for the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, honestly, the, I haven't put thought into the AI thing. You know, I see, I see. You know, you all these kiosks. Uh, actually, one time I had one thought of putting a kiosk when my service was doing so bad, all those 12 that I let go and I got three. I was like, what if I just put a kiosk there and, you know, people pick their their food? Yeah, it'll take away, you know, the, the personal encounter part of it. But at the same time, they won't be able to say they receive bad service. But, you know, again, us as black people, that's the first thing we're saying is, oh, they they have they have bad service. They're rude. You feel me? The black girl at the desk was rude. So I was like, to take that away, what if I put a kiosk there? And I just, because I went to this place in Oakland, uh, it was a soul food spot. And we sat there, we ordered at the kiosk, paid at the kiosk, then they brought our food out. Wait, in Oakland? Yeah. Downtown. Oakland, California? Yes. Oh, where was it? Like soulfully vegan? Where, who got a kiosk in Oakland? I'm from the town. Uh, it was, I, it was, I can't remember the name of the spot, but it was downtown. Uh, in Jack London? No, I, if you said it wasn't that, it, it was it like the place turns into a club as well at nighttime. Oh, okay, man. Who? It's not Jimmy's. It's not um, shoot. 
It's been a minute. Hey, my Oakland people, tell me who got a kiosk in their restaurant. I know, you know, I don't even know if Jimmy's is still open. Um, it, it wasn't Everett and Jones, even though Everett and Jones, y'all need one in, in yours um, because, yeah. But okay, okay, we we we'll we'll move on. But you saw it in Oakland. I just I get excited when I hear you know this town business. <laughs> yeah, I went to Oakland because in back in December because again my friend he was playing for the 49ers. So uh -huh. let's go let's go check out San Fran. You know because the 49ers actually in San Jose. So I was like, let's go check out San Francisco. Let's go check out Oakland since they're down the street. So and then we we found we wanted to go to uh, Marshawn Lynch's restaurant, but he was closed. Mm. So we, we just Googled another so because we, we shop locally. We love supporting black business. So uh, mm. everywhere I go, I have to go and eat at a black owned place, shop at a, when I go to Houston, I go to Soul Lounge, Houston, that's black owned. Yeah. You know, like I just I support us. You know, I am yeah. a, black, a black business owner. So I support others, you know. Man, we got to, we got to, and every other community does the same. So if anybody, you know, who's not at the community say, man, what, 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 what happened to unity? And, you know, it's all unity, but we also have to unify with our history in this country and globally. Yeah, we have to work on that. And our people still aren't understanding that you need, instead of going to whatever restaurant, I'm going to go give you some money. Plus, you're going to cook it the way I'm accustomed and put the flavors and the seasonings that I'm accustomed to because salt and pepper just don't do it. Uh, you know, tell the people a community give back that you are doing or one that you would like to do in the future. Uh, so, <clears throat> well, I am a part of Omega South Fraternity Incorporated. Well, we, we do community service all the time. But have I done it with my restaurant as of yet? No, I haven't, but I do want to, I want to do something. I, it's not really community give back. I want, but I want to do something where like uh, one kid eats free. I want to put a, I don't have any kids meal on my menu, but uh, I want to add a kid's meal. And for each adult that comes in order, I want to give back a meal to a kid. Uh, but other than that, you know, if, if like a homeless person come around the restaurant and it's the end of the night, I'm not throwing that food away because I'm not using it for the next day. So I give it to, you know, uh, this homeless guy, uh, you know, in Tampa, it's, it's a lot of homeless. So, you know, and they, they come around the restaurant a lot. So I, we pack up the food and we do that. I wouldn't say that's a big community service. Uh, that's just, you know, I, I wasn't raised to throw away no food. So, yeah. So no, that, that's Necesito. That's that. There's an organization out here that actually picks up food from the restaurants and then they decipher it to, you know, the people in need. And we all need that. And restaurants need to have some type of like government legislation. Well, there kind of is and isn't from what I'm told by that organization where you can't be sued in case something happens. Right. Um, but that needs to just be like so much food is thrown away from restaurants to, you know, grocery stores. So that's a beautiful thing that you're doing. That's definitely a give back. We need to make it a tax write-off. I, mean, I guarantee you, every restaurant, nobody, nobody would go hungry. Everybody would be giving away the food to the homeless if we could write it off. Yeah. You know, the government, what the government says, because we've, we've pushed this in other states and other places, and they're like, well, then people just, they'll play a game and do more. I said, so you think people will make more food just to throw away because of a write-off? Stop it. You I, I can tell you're disconnected from the community you say you represent. 
because I, I still got to pay for that food initially. Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. But again, those people at top, we vote them in and we get sometimes what we deserve and the efforts if we don't vote at all it's better to put your own name in there sometimes y'all but at least you are making some type of progress i want people to go check out your restaurant when they do visit the beautiful city of tampa you guys he's closed on monday and tuesday so don't come on a monday tuesday saying hey i'm what it wasn't even open and then try to yep put on yelp it's not open but he is open wednesday and friday from 11 to 10 p.m and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., and Sunday, 12 p.m., right when you get out of church, to 8 p.m., and make sure you, you come early, because I bet the mocktails go quick. Oh, my goodness, quick, quick. Uh, boy, last week, I had one lady, she, she, she left mad. She wasn't mad at me. She was mad at her, 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 her guy, her husband, boyfriend, whatever. She, uh, she was like, I told you we should have came early, because we, we were out of... I don't know what we were out of. We were out of something. I don't know if it was the oxtails or the mac and cheese. She's like, I told you this, we need to come early. That's that's the one thing. Like, as a small business, our customers, they get mad at us for running out of food. But we're not a billion dollar, a million dollar company. So we can't afford to just keep, you know, an abundance of food ready because, you know, every day we're trying to guess our volume. If I cook too much, I'm wasting money. If I cook too little now, I'm not making the money. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to be Goldilocks and be right there in the middle. So definitely, and people have to understand that, and that's why you got to come early because it's better for you to sell out than to you know have to be like, man, I I lost bread on here, and it, and it's a beautiful thing. You're not a million dollar company yet, but again, like I say, Travel Channel. I love to say, um, you know, put cameras in the kitchen and make a whole show yourself. You love to put it throughout the whole restaurant, but sometimes folks come with people they're not supposed to be with. So, <laughs> you know, they got to come in with the Kanye mask. Uh, but that's a that's a whole nother story. But you gave the game. Next time we talk to you, I hope to hear maybe you have a podcast coming up of your own or even a book to show how you did it, because there's even some people on the ship right now in the submarine or even in the jail cell or school who can read that story, be inspired and step by step say, yo, he did it. I can do it following these steps. And that's what we need more of. So any last words you want to give to the people, please feel, share and let them know online and offline where they can find you. Well, definitely. Uh, again, when I started, when I got out of the Navy, my plan was not to be a chef. It was not to be a restaurant owner. It was not to be a father. I, I just wanted to get out, go play Omega Sci-Fi and be out with the brothers. But like I said, God had other plans for me. Uh, you know, started just cooking. Uh, so whatever you do, uh, and, and let the people choose it for you. Don't choose it for yourself. Let God, let the people choose it for you. Because uh, this wasn't my path. Like I say, God chose it for me. The people chose it. So I, I just stuck with it. I just listened. So whatever you do, just, just just watch out and listen and go with what the universe has for you to do. But other than that, you can follow me on uh, on Instagram at Soulful Flavors Crave. Uh, it's, it's on Facebook as well. It still says Soulful Flavors Sephner. That's my last location. I'm to change the name. And my personal page, DJ Dre Doug. So I'd like to thank you for having me. I know it's, it's, it's noise in the background. That's the the uh, the maintenance people doing the yard outside. 
I see, I see you got your pool view. Can I show my pool view? Please, please do, please do. We love, we love to see the, the pool is uh, Necesito in this hot south. So yeah, wherever we at, we got to have the, the, the pool. I live in the country of Palm Beach. So I don't know if you can hear the roosters over here. My neighbor's roosters. The other one is doing his daily routine of shooting. Good part. I'll say it. It's everybody out here is on, you know, acres of, of land or at least an, over an acre. Woo-wee! Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you can stretch out. You know, I'm you actually, look like you can shoot on that property. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, actually, when my friend bought it, I gifted him an AR 15 so he can shoot on. So he made a gun range. So yeah. I love it. I love to see us. Oh, that's 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 beautiful. That's beautiful. That's goals. That's goals right there. You guys. I'm actually, I'm actually from Palm Beach County. You ever heard of Pokey Bell Glade? Yeah, yeah, I heard of Bell Glade. Hold on, y'all. The best game is always told offline, you guys. We're gonna share this game with you. I thank you for tuning in. Make sure you share this with someone. Y'all be blessed. curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia? Which country are you interested in? My good friend Kellen Cash Coleman came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20 and in this course you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is going to cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that 100 US dollars is worth a thousand South African rand and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings? So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like. I know that you know when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always wanted to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course, there's a little preview you can listen to. Um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out.